Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. There are some things that endure through the decades, things you remember as a young person that are still around as you think about filing for Social Security. Things such as phone numbers, and one in particular, 516-9221. So if you recognize that phone number, you know who my guest is. If you don't recognize that phone number, you will find out about my guest and a new documentary about him, Jackie the Joke Man Mardley. For 18 years, he was a writer and performer on the Howard Stern Show, and he's been performing stand-up for decades. But there's more to Jackie, and it's shown in his new IKA collective documentary, Joke Man. It's available on Apple TV, Prime Video, Google Play, and Voodoo Fandango, as well as other platforms. For everything about Jackie, go to Jokeland.com, and you can also get a personalized video from Jackie on Cameo, and you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Apple. And Jackie, I did all that because I know you love plugs, but I wanted to get it all in there in the beginning, and we can come back to it during the show, but I thought, hey, I owe that to you at least. Is, is the show over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have about another 30 seconds, so. <laughs> no, I appreciate the plugs, and they're, and they're all pertinent, you know. A lot of people do those personal videos on Cameo, and a lot of people comment on Twitter, especially since the documentary hit. I'm getting uh, hundreds and hundreds of comments, uh, and I'm thrilled to say they're all positive. And a lot of people that thought they didn't like me or didn't know me very well seem to be turning around. So the documentary is hitting a, is really hitting it out of the park. So I'm thrilled, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You mentioned about some people may not like you. Why would they not like you? I mean, you are an affable human being. You are a professional performer. You've been around a long time. You've done a lot of different things. Well, Howard, Howard Stern worked very hard uh, to to picture me at, in a put me in a weird place and made it like I was a real idiot when I left the show, like I had abandoned things and I wasn't loyal and and there's a lot of falsehoods. So it's not that people change their mind uh, about me. It's that they found out who and what I am and decided they liked me. You know, they not liking me wasn't based on anything other than how I had been uh, mm. pictured. So at any rate, it's, it's all, uh, it's all wonderful. Okay, great. And the reason for those of you watching, as opposed to listening, Jackie is rubbing his nose, not because he's doing a line, but because he was swimming and the salt water is still coming out of his nose. Jeez, I would... <laughs> on a bed, I couldn't tell you the last time I did cocaine. Jesus. <laughs> well, it's good. Look at you. are going to live a long life. It's one thing. It's one thing. It's not only has it been really, really long since I did any coke, but it's been really, really long since anybody even said... Do you want to do something? I think that <laughs> either that disappeared off the planet or I maybe started them moving into older people <laughs> or be, I became an older people, you know. Well, you're an older people, but you're not a mature person, which I, I think is an asset because there's a difference no. between getting older and getting mature. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm about to turn 59, but I'm really feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's a, a saying that I love, which is you're only young once, but with humor, you can be immature forever. That's, and that is absolutely the truth. And uh, now more than ever, yeah, I, my jokes ever. and my silliness are are <laughs> at, a, at a premium now, you know, being goofy and, and let, you know, it's so funny that the most uh, outrageous thing used to be 
poop jokes and fart jokes. And now those are the only politically correct things that you can do because everybody, however you'd say, everybody shares that. Everybody shares that experience. Anything else, you know, you, you, you know, if you pick your nose, you can get in trouble with people that don't have noses, you know, so <laughs> you, you got to be careful, you know. Well, you were somewhat uh, what they like to call politically correct before it was fashionable to be politically correct in that sense. Right. Yeah. Politically incorrect, you mean. Uh, what did I say? Politically correct? Yeah, politically incorrect. Yeah. Well, you're no kid. You know, Sorry you're about no that. Kid. You, you, you're going to make mistakes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so how did this documentary come about? Because first of all, did you think you're at that age where you, you look at it and go, my God, here's a documentary about me? No, uh, you know, my whole my story's been interesting forever. I mean, long even before I got to Howard, it's such a weird, weird path. And everybody in show business, uh, so many people and comedians and actors, everybody has a weird path. But when you put them down and explain them and lay them out, the average person gets to share. You know, some somebody said something about Mark Twain a million years ago. Some guy said, hell, Sam, his real name was Samuel Clemens. And they said, hell, Sam Clemens didn't know any more stories than the rest of us. He just rid them down, which, which is, you know, if you if you pursue the, the devil in the details, it's interesting. And then uh, I was off the show, and I met this fellow friar, Ian Carr. And five minutes after talking to me, he said, geez, you are nothing like the guy that's portrayed on that show. <laughs> You're completely 180 degrees to that guy. I said, well, you know, Howard painted me how he wanted, and it worked, and it was fine. And he made me out to be a, a dumb cough sitting in the, in the middle of nowhere laughing at everything. And that absolutely threw everybody off to the fact that I was writing a real big percentage of the funny things he was saying. So then Ian and I did a, a radio show on one of Howard's channels for eight years, a solid jokes show. And then at some point, some people approached me about doing a documentary. And I thought, yeah, that's a fun idea. And Ian got wind of it and he didn't like the tack they were taking. Because it was all about what an idiot I was for leaving such a great job. And he said, your story is, is, is so much bigger than that. You, you, you know, you're, you're a fun, good guy that's been, you know, spreading, spreading the, uh, the Johnny Appleseed of humor for so long. And you're all the, you know, the jokes and, and the, and the good vibes. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the one that does the documentary. So he, so, you know, IKA Collective, uh, is his company and he's, you know, he's a full time, you know, uh, video producer for the, for the, you know, major stations and stuff like that. But in between the acts, he was working on this and, um, and it just got to be more fun and more fun. But I, I, this, there's so much. I mean, I've had so many lifetimes and so many weird, paths down so many weird ways it's weird picking and choosing so it took a long time sure but it's been it's been so fun it took so long and then the pandemic hit which right. like hit, hit hitting a brick wall and uh but he but you know I, I i to this day i can't even believe that it's out and we're promoting it and we already got fantastic reviews and 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 word of mouth and i'm still in the back of my mind waiting patiently for the come 
for it to come out. I'm like, no, you idiot. It's out. It's out. Live, live with it. Live with it. It's done. It's out. You know, when you're, when you're trying to get something done for so long, you know what it's like. You know, it's like when you're studying for finals. The finals are never going to be over. And then a month into the summer vacation, you're freaking out about finals. Like, no, shut up. It's done. It's done. But you were so used to being so tensed up about right. it, you know. So you're so. probably dreaming that the documentary wasn't done yet, even now. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you know, you, we all have those dreams, you know, where, you know, you're in the middle of a dream, you're like, well, how can I take the final? I never took this course. And you wake <laughs> up in a sweat, you know. Well, Jeez. Did, did Ian meet with you? And I guess it's a combination in a sense of getting material from you because you have so much material. When I say material, photographs, articles, etc. And then he would follow you around and shoot current stuff as well. Yeah, I gave him bags and bags of pictures and all that stuff. And then uh, we went, you know, we went down to House of Blues in New Orleans to see Willie Nelson and get that. And then he followed me to a gig here and there. But as far as the interviews, except for Willie Nelson, all the interviews he did were all, uh, I, I was never there. Like when he interviewed my right. family and my friends and, and people like that, except for the things that were on tape that people sent in, like Mark Cuban. You know, I just, I was, I was in the back seat. I wasn't even in the back seat. I was in the trunk and they'd show <laughs> me a little bit here and there, you know, and then, uh, and, and I'm thrilled with it. You know, it's, if you've ever been in a movie, uh, it's always weird when it gets to be your scene or, or when you're in it and it's kind of, it's weird getting used to it and you don't really. And then all of a sudden here's this documentary you know, we had a family and friends screening and I'm sitting there and here's half the people that were in the movie sitting there and it's about <laughs> me. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's an odd, it's, it it's not even a describable feeling. It feels really good, but really weird, but really bad. You know, it's kind of like the feeling you get when somebody throws you a surprise party. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend threw, threw me a 70th uh, birthday surprise party and, and believe it or not, it was ridiculously uh, executed uh, so well that I was so thoroughly surprised. And it's so flattering, but embarrassing, but weird. All those, all those, the combination of all those different emotions at the same time is like a train wreck. But, you know, <laughs> but, but, in, in the bottom line is it's great. It's great fun. Great fun. Hey, Jackie, any uh, shots of the Cardoza Hotel in the documentary? You know, I'm so sick of hearing about that thing. <laughs> I don't know how aware you are, but what happened was uh, me and Nancy, my wife. Well, I mentioned it because I'm obviously aware. Yes, that's why I brought it well, up. Well, we, we, we would never get it together to uh, to book vacations because our vacations were at Christmas time, two weeks. And I'm, I'm thinking about my family and presents. And then all of a sudden you have another week afterwards. And I'm like, every year we, we, we never knew what we're doing. I said, you know what? I did some I have some favors for this guy Dave that was in charge of the uh, Miami was a yeah the Miami affiliate of uh, the Stern Show, and I called him up and said Dave we we can't you know it's December we can't find a place can you help me find a place you know to uh, to go and he said well J Gloria Estefan's a good friend of mine I'm sure she would rent you her place because her and her husband aren't going to be home so we rented Gloria Estefan's um suite above the Cardozo hotel that she owns. I don't or she owned back then. Mm -hmm. 
But we rented it. And Howard went through this whole thing on the air about how we used his name. Now, of course, anybody that does anything in show business, you do anything you can. Everybody does each other favors. That's just the name of the game. But the average person listening doesn't know that. So they think, oh, what a twerp Jack is. <clears throat> you use my, my name and you went in and got a hotel room and got a free hotel on me and blah, 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 blah. And he went through the whole thing. And then when he was done, I said, well, are you finished now? I would just like to add that I paid for the hotel room. It wasn't on the arm. The guy just helped us get a reservation. And, of course, now they play that on YouTube and everywhere. And very consciously, the end where I said we paid for the room has been lopped off. So as far as anybody knows, so everybody... To this day, I get emails just like you. You know, are you ever going to pay for that hotel room? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I didn't you know? ask you that. I just wanted to know if there was a, a video of the hotel in the documentary. I didn't ask if you paid for the room. <laughs> I know. If I never hear that name again. But I, it was a beautiful hotel, and they, they couldn't have been nicer. And it was, uh, it was right when South Beach was really coming alive. You know, mm -hmm. South Beach was a hellhole for decades and decades. And, and all of a sudden, it just, just like, just like uh, Brooklyn. You know, mm -hmm. like all of a sudden it be, became the, the, the place, you know. So it was fun. And I'll never regret that. Meanwhile, I went back the next year and Dave, the, the, what the hell is his name? The, the, I think he actually owned the station too. He was a very straight looking guy and shoot, suit and tie and the whole deal, but he was a motorcycle bum <laughs> on the weekends. He rode motorcycles and he had me be the grandmaster. Of the Toys for Tots, they, they, every motorcycle guy in Florida would lined up single file. I'm telling you, it was miles of motorcycles. And I was in the front, and I was the grandmaster. It was such a wonderful, wonderful day. And the next year, he says, you know, I'd really love to have you be the grandmaster. Grand marshal. The, the grand marshal again. He said, but you got so much press, and everybody was so impressed that now – the mayor wants to, so the, the mayor of Miami bumped me to take over the, the toys. Of the course, he gets depressed. Which, yeah. is, which is so funny. You know, but he calls, he says, will you come down and do me a favor and, and do the, and do the grand master, grand marshal thing. I'm like, well, of course, you know, that's, that's how I've always played. I've been a barter guy my whole life. You know, you do this for me, I do this for you, you right. know, but you got to do that. You got to be willing to give to get. Right, know? no. And there, uh, some people have trouble with the first part of that. You know? There's a question I've always wanted to ask, and I guess I'll ask it. Your laugh is so distinctive that it, it brings joy to a lot of people. When did that, when were you aware of that laugh, and when were everybody else aware of that laugh? When I say everybody else, when were audiences aware of that laugh? Because it is so distinctive, and people who are fans of the Howard Stern show and in other locations or other venues, hear that laugh and they immediately know it's Jackie the Joke Man Martling. So where did that laugh originate from? I I I have always told jokes. And as far as I know, I've always laughed at them. I was long before I know that when I was telling jokes to uh the salad man at I worked at Piping Rock Club, like the most blue blood club in the world here in Locust Valley, right next door to Bayville. And there was a salad man who I could not make laugh. And I would tell him joke after joke after joke. And he would not laugh. And that would make me laugh. And I would laugh, 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 laugh. <laughs> but then I thought back, 
two of the most crazy things. I got thrown out of the high school lunchroom for laughing too loud. And I'm sure I was laughing at my own stories. Do you know how loud a high school lunchroom is? <laughs> Very loud. And I got thrown out for being too loud. And I also got thrown out of the bowling alley bar for laughing too loud. You know how loud a bowling alley bar? And I though I but I see those as claims to fame, you know, and uh, I've always told jokes. I've always thought they were funny and I've always enjoyed them, enjoyed telling them to people. But it was never a conscious thing to try and goose it along or get somebody, mm -hmm. you know, of course, I wanted them to join in. But I've just always done it. And it was an organic thing. It wasn't a, a let me see, let me tell some jokes and maybe if I laugh, it'll help it along. And I had been doing that for decades and decades. I didn't start doing comedy on stage till I was 31. And I, that was already so ingrained in me. It wasn't like, let me get some jokes and see if I can come up with an act here. I'll tell a joke and I'll laugh. Some I just have always done. But and it's such a distinctive laugh, Jackie. And people, you obviously got feedback from people remarking about how distinctive you it know, is. You know, nobody, nobody in my life ever said anything about it, ever. Until, you know, the radio and people say, wow, that's such a distinct laugh. Mm -hmm. I, I never thought of it as being anything except maybe a little too boisterous. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, lots of people laugh at a lot of things. You know, it's really funny because sometimes I'll get an email or, or a, a call from somebody saying, was that you laughing at such and such or on such and such a show? Because it, because it sounded somewhat similar, you know, right, which is exactly. funny. I was thinking you know, of even I'm, using it as a ringtone because it is so distinctive. It just makes me laugh pe whenever I hear you laugh. People have asked me for so long, why don't you have ringtones or anything like that? I actually had an app 12 years ago. It's really funny. I had a beautiful girlfriend. And her best friend was married to a guy who, at the time, had the most popular app in the world. It was called Pocket God. And I don't know what I, I you know, I lost the girlfriend, so I lost the connection. But I didn't even pay for anything. He did it on, he was such a big fan. He made an app called um, the Jackie Button. But at the time, when Apple first came out with the apps, you couldn't have anything the least bit off color. Mm -hmm. So it was a little a little app that had 12 different kinds of jokes, all perfectly clean, like marriage jokes, lawyer's jokes, blonde jokes. But it also had all my noises. And the way it was set up <laughs> is they had the yee-hees and the yoo-hoo and all these things, and they... And the way it worked is you could set it at random so it would play. So when you press the button on your phone, it would make all these different noises. It was the greatest app <laughs> in the world. But then we broke up. And, of course, Apple moved from, you know, iPhone 2, 3, 4, 10, 12, you know, and very soon, like probably uh, two iPhones later, that app no longer worked. Right. And, you know, there was nobody to upgrade it, update it, whatever you do. So that, you know, and it was... Never any dirty jokes on it, which people couldn't believe. But he said, "Don't worry. Pretty soon they're gonna they're gonna loosen up." Right. If if I had that app now loaded with dirty jokes, I'd be a gazillionaire. <laughs> but you know, all everything in my life, you know, they stop by like Mark Cuban stops by and says, "Jackie, I really owe you. You really helped me. Thank you." 
Uh, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine by me. You know, they're all great stories. Yeah, no, no, stories, absolutely. You know? I want to get back to the documentary. What was your favorite part of the documentary or favorite parts of the documentary for you personally? Uh, you know what? That's asking what's your favorite joke. I, I really don't know because uh, sometimes the things that are most embarrassing uh, or, or my favorites and sometimes they're not. I really, really love, um, when I'm standing on my, on my deck and he's got the, uh, you know, the, the drone, you know, backing up and I'm sitting there, standing there. Cause I, I just love my house and I'm so proud of my house. I'm so thrilled with it, you know, um, but there's no specific thing that, you like you can't wait till it gets to this part or anything like mm -hmm. that. I just, I'm, I just thrilled with the whole thing, you know. Not, I mean, yeah, I, not everybody, know, not everybody gets a documentary made of them. So no, no you know, and I, I hope it doesn't mean I'm that the pressure's on me to die soon. No, no, no. You're good for at least two, three years, I think. But <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that too. Of course, that well, that clock started before the documentary came out, so you got to. I'm two or two and a half years in already, so you know. I want to mention too because you're the king of the the promos, but uh, or king of the plugs. But I'm going to mention it. You have a book called the the Joke Man Bow to Stern, and you also have a weekly podcast as well on Wednesdays called Stand Up Memories. Yeah, you know, we just did a live one for the first time last Wednesday, where we actually had uh, an audience, you know, like thirty or forty people. And, and send it out live. And I played Stump the Joke Man, you know, live. And it was really, really fun. Uh, it, and they, the, the reason we did that was to celebrate the beginning of our, our fourth season. But it's just like cable TV, like seasons are weird now. You know, you do 20 of them, that's a season. And then you start the next 20, that's another season. It's got nothing to do with when they air or when they were made or anything like that. But we've been having a great time. We we had Tommy Chung this time, and and Vic D D Patetta and uh, John Peasy. Like, and you know, what we start also started doing. We started having on comics, and then having their wives come on, or having a comic and then having her husband come on, and and that's a whole nother tack. And it's and it's you know, like like I said, not to be you know boring and redundant, but. Uh, the devil's in the details. So when you get up close and personal and start talking about stuff and what was your worst gig and how'd you get going, everybody's got an interesting story. You know, I don't think you even have to be a comic. I think you take a guy off the street. If you ask him enough questions, you know, there's so many twists and turns to life. The man, you know, you have you to really, plan you, yeah, you have to be curious about people and it doesn't have to be a entertainer. It can be, as you say, a man off the street or. Whoever, as long as you're interested and curious about people, it can become a very good show. And the format basically is based on the title, which is Stand Up Memory. So it's about their memories of performing stand up. And obviously, the wives have their point of view as well. Oh, for sure. And you yeah. know, it's funny because some people like, uh, I've heard comments like, uh, how long, how can you put up with Jackie's stories? And when, <laughs> when is he going to get to the end of the day? The point is the trip there. Telling the story and enjoying the story is the whole deal, not getting to the end. So if you're not somebody that likes stories, you know, 
It's like, you know, it's like going to the opera and saying, why do they keep singing? Well, don't go to the opera, you moron. Stay home. What the hell's wrong with you? You know, you know and, and, and somebody will say on a podcast, I'll make a comment like, how many times can we hear Jackie's stories? Well, if you heard the stories before, don't listen. Jesus, you know, like it's a free country. It's like somebody somebody turned on a rerun halfway through the show, going, you know, I've seen this before. You know? Jesus, people people can be pretty amazingly stupid. You, know? you have always uh, struck me as being you. Always, you always seem to be comfortable in your skin, no matter where you are, whether in the heyday of radio or when you're just performing or writing a book or doing a podcast, you always seem to be comfortable in your skin, meaning you know who you are. Yeah, for better or worse. I, I think that's probably true. Um, you know, I can get as low as anybody and I can get as high as anybody, but uh, you just learn to, to take to take the lumps, you know. Like I've been around a long time, so you, you get bounced around and up and down and uh, you know, this is the life we have chosen. You know, you you got to expect what's coming your way, and you got to also realize you have no idea what's coming your way. <laughs> True, you know, I've been throwing pl plenty of, plenty of curveballs, and you know, so you, you, all you can do is wish for a nice, healthy amount of time between curveballs. That's all. You know, yeah, but I am relatively comfortable. Like I'm not sitting here. Worrying who might walk through the door. That's what you mean, you know. <laughs> no, just that yeah. you're comfortable about who you are. That, yeah, that's you know. basically it. Yeah. What? Well, you know, you you know what you do when you do it. Yeah. You know, when I started telling my joke, you know, I've been a musician for my whole life, not a good one. And, <laughs> and I and I told jokes in my bands, and in the whole seventies, me and another guy played original songs and told jokes. And then I started playing on my own and playing my guitar and telling jokes. And, and then when I started doing comedy, instead of being a guy who played guitar and told jokes, I was a guy who told jokes and played guitar. And it sounds like a subtle difference, but, but it really is a difference. You know, the, the lead thing was trying to be funny. And, you know, I, and I was on Long Island and people in the city would hear about, oh, this guy on Long Island who tells old jokes, which, which is, I'll t go into that in a second. But, uh, you know, they had no idea who I was or where I was coming from. So they thought I was just some guy with a joke book trying to pass myself off as a comic because there's two cardinal rules. If you want to be a comedian, there are two cardinal rules. You don't tell jokes and you don't laugh at yourself. And meanwhile, that's all I do is tell jokes and laugh myself. The con that just the word old jokes or dad jokes, I, I I get infuriated because every joke, every joke with respect to every single person, if I tell you a joke you haven't heard before, it's a new joke. Right. And you're gonna if laugh. I tell you a joke you've heard before. It's an old joke. And that's true with every joke pertaining to every person. If you're sitting there with three of your friends and I tell a joke that you've never heard and the guy next to you never heard and the guy next to him never heard, but the guy next to him has heard before, that person might say, oh, that's an old joke. Yeah, but it's not to the other three. It, I'm like, shut up. Let the rest <laughs> of us, you know, it's so funny when, 
we're sitting, I was sitting around having lunch with Willie Nelson and a bunch of my friends. Name and dropper. There. <laughs> and well, well, for good reason. And, and we were with his whole family. We had just done a concert in Austin and he invited my whole gang. All he loved me enough to have all my friends join his family, which is a, an army for lunch. And we're sitting there and he's over in the middle of the U of tables. And I said to my guys, I said, you know, I really want to fool around with Willie. But, you know, I don't want to just go barging in on him, you know. And as I'm saying that, he leans over my shoulder and sticks his head right between me and my friend with his big old cowboy hat on. He said, and he says, all right, well, listen, if you've heard this one before, <laughs> don't stop me because I want to hear it again. <laughs> and I was like, boy, now, now there is a brother in crime. Yeah, you know? exactly. And we've, we, we've been exchanging uh, joke emails for 20 years, <laughs> over 20 years, you know, filthy, wonderful, fun jokes. And, you know, and, you know, he's on the road. He, get, he gets a stupid email from me with a couple jokes that make him <laughs> laugh. That's that's gold. You know, to a comic or to a musician, that's gold. You know, what are you going to do, sit and read a novel? <laughs> yeah, you know. Before I let you go, was there any, not a hero, but is there somebody that, that you wanted to model yourself after when you first started doing comedy? No, because uh, I was not a comedian. I had no intention of ever being a comedian. And I was a huge, huge Rodney Dangerfield fan. But not because of comedy, because of how funny he was, which might sound stupid. Uh, of course, when I was in a band in the 70s, you know, you get the Robert Klein album and right. you get the George Carlin album and you listen to it once and put it on the shelf. And no dis disrespect to them, but, you know, it, it wasn't my thing. Like Red Fox records, I had all of them. Meeting him and working with him was such a big thrill. Yeah, the party, the and, party uh, records, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Rodney was just so funny. So to get to work and and meet him and work with him, but he was boom, 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 boom jokes, and I loved the boom, boom, boom jokes. And uh, and my goal was not to. I, there was nobody to emulate because nobody told jokes. You know, like a Buddy Hackett would get on the Tonight Show and tell a joke, or Maury Amsterdam, but nobody was that was that wasn't anybody's thing really, except for Henny. And, oh, I loved Henny. You know, we were pals. But then, uh, uh, and just like radio, I had no intentions in any way, shape, or form of becoming a guy on the radio. I used to go on the radio all the time to promote my shows. And I was on the radio regularly here on Long Island because uh, WBAB was a real big, a real big station. And uh, they... They played me every day. They played my dial joke. They pretended they were called 922 Wine, and I did special jokes for them, and that really helped my popularity, but that really helped their ratings at the same time. But then I stumbled into the Stern Show. That was not, hey, let me try and find my way into radio. Right. So what, you're saying, trying, you what you're saying is that basically you developed organically in terms of your, your approach to comedy. I, all I knew... When my band broke up, we were in a three-man band. By, by 1978, we were a three-man band where we told dirty called jokes. called a trio. <laughs> yeah, we told dirty jokes and played original songs. I wrote almost all the songs and told almost all the jokes. And one night after the, sh after the gig, the other two guys in the band said, Jackie, uh, 
we're going to leave the band and start our own band. I swear to God. <laughs> and this is the guy I started with in kindergarten. He's still my best friend. I right. said, listen, you guys, if there's three of us in a band and two of us are leaving to start their own band, that's kicking me out of the band. Correct. I don't care how you swipe it. But the truth was, it was my jokes and my songs. And all I knew, the only reason I started telling my jokes on stage, the only thing I knew, the only career plans I knew were I weren't, I was not going to get a regular job and work nine to five in an office ever in my life. I, I graduated as a mechanical engineer from Michigan State University. No intention of ever using that. For anything, I always tell people, I use my diploma to roll pot, okay? <laughs> if, if I'm not going to be a musician, I'm going to tell jokes. So I told jokes. And that's the story. That's great. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Jackie the Joke Man Mardling. His new documentary, Joke Man, is available on Apple TV, Prime Video, Google Play, and Voodoo Fandango, as well as other platforms. For everything about Jackie, go to Jokeland.com. You can get a personalized message from Jackie on Cameo, and you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Apple. And don't forget, 516-922-WINE. And Jackie, thanks for being on the show. (laughs) All right, I appreciate it. I much, much, much appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.